Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. So the details continue to trickle out. By the way, before I get into the train, uh, you heard the announcement during the break that you can still give to Adult Teen Challenge Ohio.org. Mary, thank you, Mary, donated $75. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate that. We are a little bit short of our goal. We got the rest of the month, but why, why put it off? We don't have 30 days this month now. It's February. Okay. So we got like five days left if you count today. 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th. That's five days. I know you were thinking, there's no February 29th. No, I'm counting today. So five days. AdultTeenChallengeOhio.org, AdultTeenChallengeOhio.org. Mary, thank you for your $75 donation. So the train that derailed in East Palestine was about 200 cars, okay? It was going 47 miles an hour. How long should it have taken it to stop? Because according to the NTSB, the train derailed because it had a very, very, very overheated wheel bearing, which then either cause the derailment or cause the axle to break, or that's the culprit in this derailment. And they have detectors on the rails to check the temperature of the wheels and things like that. And then the engineer of the train or whoever's driving the locomotive gets a notification, hey, we got a problem with a hot bearing or we got a problem with a f- some kind of a failure of some sort. You need to slow the train down, stop the train. Now, the train is going 47 miles an hour through East Palestine, that's allowable. The limit is 50 miles an hour. That, to me, is one of the things that Governor DeWine and the General Assembly can get their arms around, is when you're going through an incorporated area, I would say, like, no more than 25 miles an hour. Yeah, that was right in town. That's right in town. I mean, you see the video from the backyard of this uh, family where they have, like, the trampoline and the little kid's tricycle and... I mean, trains don't derail in an orderly fashion, and you don't... I mean, it's just that's ridiculous to me that it's going through there at 47 miles an hour. Like I said, I haven't looked it up, but I can guarantee you they're doing about 20 through Worthington because there are houses right there, right there around Wilson Bridge. Yeah, I crossed... I got one last night on my way to my daughter's musical. I crossed one. It was only like five cars, thankfully, because I didn't want to be late. Mm -hmm. It was creeping. It was going like eight miles an hour, maybe. So I'm wondering if it's based on the municipality, perhaps, and maybe East Palestine needs to make some changes in their rules. So the two hot bearing detectors alerted the engineers to a problem 30 miles before East Palestine. The wheel bearing heated up over that time, but Norfolk Southern did not heed the first two warnings. They did not either think they were critical warnings or they did not think they were anything that needed to be worried about. But by the time it derailed, it was 253 degrees above ambient temperature, the temperature prevailing at the time. So it was a very, very catastrophic issue. How long does it take a train to stop? According to the Minnesota Safety Council, the average freight train is, it says, one mile to a mile and a quarter in length. Okay, we know this one was, they say that's 90 to 120 rail cars. All right, this one was longer. This one was 200 cars. 
So let's just say it's two miles long. Train is two miles long. When it's moving at 55 miles an hour, it can take a mile or more to stop after the engineer fully applies the emergency brake. Okay, well, there probably wasn't going to fully apply the emergency brake in this situation, but my point here is you get the warning 30 miles outside East Palestine. You have ample time to stop before you're in East Palestine. 30 miles? The train's twice as long as the example given here. Okay, let's say it takes two miles to stop. Let's say it takes three miles to stop. You're not, you know, pulling the emergency brake, but you're braking. You're doing it with a purpose. I don't know about driving trains. Maybe you have to be careful how much pressure you apply to a brake when you're given a hot bearing warning. I don't know. But to me, it seems like there was ample room for this thing to slow down or stop. Here's the governor today on Fox and Friends with Bill Hemmer about what he would like to see happen. We have trains running through Ohio all all the time. And as I listened uh, to the news conference yesterday uh, about the causes of this uh, train wreck, this horrific train wreck, one thing that struck me uh, is that it would certainly be very helpful to our fire departments, our many times volunteer fire departments that are around the state of Ohio through all the rural areas and the urban areas, where these trains go with toxic material all the time. It would be very helpful uh, if these railroads would take a a much more proactive role in having seminars and meetings uh, with these fire departments. They really not have very little contact uh, with these these railroads, and yet they're bringing this toxic material through our communities, as we have seen in East Palestine. Okay. Well, that's something that the state can do, I would think. The state could certainly require that. If not, then, okay, maybe you enlist the help of the senators and the House of Representatives, the congressman from Ohio, and you say we need a federal law where if you want to use rail lines in states, then you have to get the local fire departments up to speed on what to do in the case of a catastrophic train derailment. That seems like something that good that could come of this whole entire thing. Uh, Ted Cruz, senator from Texas, um, none too happy that Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, took so long to get to East Palestine and uh, that the president, Joe Biden, still has not been there. It's ridiculous that Joe Biden has not been to East Palestine yet. You literally have an American city with a major derailment that was on fire, where the water is being poisoned, where the air is being poisoned, where it's ongoing for multiple days. And this administration does not give a damn. Why? Because because that part of the state voted 70 percent for Donald Trump. And it's clear their attitude. Look, it's all politics all the time. It's all communications and PR all the time. And so going there is a bad message. And it really is striking. So Donald Trump publicly said he was going to go to East Palestine. And promptly the Biden administration said, ooh, we'll go too now. Yeah, I know that Democrats will push back on that and say that Republicans are using it as a political football. But the point of the matter is that you are now responding to a situation in a way that had you responded earlier, you would have taken no criticism for it. So I keep coming back to the same things that really demonstrate to me how tone deaf this administration is. One of the themes of the State of the Union was we are there for the forgotten man. Okay, we're there for the forgotten man. This administration, 
deeply invested in the climate agenda. Like the whole Inflation Reduction Act was really a climate bill. They'll admit that now. It's all climate, right? Okay, well, we've got some astronomical number of tons of vinyl chloride detonated in East Palestine. And yet, this administration that worries about polar ice caps and all manner of other environmental supposed concerns showed no interest at all in what's going on in East Palestine. Now, is the water safe? Is the air safe? Bill Hemmer uh, wanted to ask the governor that question. And uh, here is how that interchange played out. Can you say today that it is safe to live there? Yes or no? Look, the water, the water is clear. The air is clear. We've got a clinic set up to for anybody who has a problem. As far as the experts okay. that I continue to talk to, yes, they believe it is safe to live there. That's the best way to answer that question, is to say the people that I'm talking to say, yes, it is safe to live there. But I wouldn't make any hard and fast pronouncements about whether it's safe to live there, because honestly, it's just too early to know. And it's a little bit hard to digest when the Ohio Department of Natural Resources comes out and says there are, quote, no signs of aquatic life suffering in and around East Palestine roughly three weeks after the train derailment. But they also say there were 40,000 fish that died in the aftermath of the train derailment. Now, they're little minnows. They're little teeny tiny fish you couldn't clean and eat. But dead fish in the water ways around East Palestine, that's a very stark visual message to the people who live there. And then you have assorted experts out there, and you never know if this is genuine or not genuine. Uh, Aquatic ecologist Sam Bickley, Ph.D. from Auburn. I saw the statement the governor said the water's safe to drink based on my background. Uh, I would want to look at the data myself. I wouldn't want to say for sure that it is safe right now. Mm. Uh, We've spent a fair amount of time here on the show talking about the exit of Christina Johnson, the president of Ohio State, from Ohio State. She resigned. uh, But you know, and I know, she didn't resign without being pressured to resign. And the reason why she was pressured to resign is because she didn't get along with the top man at Ohio State, even though he doesn't hold an office there. It's Les Wexner. Les Wexner's hmm, consulted on pretty much any matter of import in this town because Les Wexner has uh, built a large majority of this town. He certainly built a large majority of the buildings on the Ohio State campus as they pertain at least to the medical complex, which is increasingly becoming its own behemoth over there. you got the athletic program and the medical complex, neither of which a president can afford to trifle in. I've shared with you before, Gordon Gee, the former president, two-time president of Ohio State, telling me that presidents get fired over two things, athletics and hospitals. Christina Johnson, it appears, did not get fired over athletics. By the way, Gordon Gee got pushed out over athletics. He was uh, chitter-chattering about uh, Notre Dame, and he used a very unfortunate phrase to describe uh, people from Notre Dame. Uh, But Christina Johnson, it appears to be medical complex-related, a snit over who the top person at the medical center should report to. Well, uh, according to 
guest columnists James Finkelstein and Judith Wild in the Dispatch. Uh, this might be the first instance of Dispatch columnists and me agreeing on something because they are uh, people who traffic in looking at the premature exits of university presidents around the country. And they say what I've told you, that Christina Johnson is going to walk away from Ohio State with a boatload of money. And the reason why she's going to walk away from Ohio State with a boatload of money is because Ohio State does not want her to sue them and air their dirty laundry over their separation in court. Think of it this way. If you're Christina Johnson, and you have been pushed out because you differ with Les Wexner over medical center reporting duties or anything to do with the medical center, and Les Wexner's name is on the medical center, and Les Wexner has given $100 million to the medical center, not to even begin to talk about all the other millions Les has given to Ohio State. If you're Christina Johnson and you're going to sue and make it ugly, don't you think Les Wexner has the bankroll to write a check so that any allegations you might make in court will not be aired in court? I mean, obviously, Les Wexner has the bankroll, and Christina Johnson knows that. Now, she can't get too far over her skis because Les has the bankroll to hire the best lawyers out there, and he could tie the whole matter up in court for as long as he wants to, most likely. Uh, but these two people writing in the dispatch, talking about presidents who leave early, first of all, they note that there is no provision in Christina Johnson's contract to handle the exact scenario that transpired in her case. There was no clause in her contract. What if she resigns before her term is up? There was no provision for that, which they say in the understatement of all time, this is not considered best practice. You think? You think it's best practice to leave out of a contract a very plausible scenario that somebody might resign before their term is up? Yeah, I agree. But here's what they say about university presidents who leave early. In our research, we found that many of these exit agreements provide substantially greater remuneration than would have been provided under the original contract. You need me to translate that for you? Substantially greater remuneration. They get paid a lot more than their contract said they were going to get paid. They get paid a lot more than their contract said they were going to get paid. He said, at Auburn University, a former president was paid, get this, $4.5 million to leave after just 17 months of a five-year contract. Whew, mamas, let your kids grow up to be university presidents. They're going to do very well. And they write, most often universities enter into these agreements to avoid potential litigation or to avoid prolonged negative publicity and the associated reputational harm. Ding, 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 ding. We've never come across a case, they write, where an employment agreement has been protected by attorney-client privilege or considered to be an attorney work product. Well, you have now, because that's the case at Ohio State, where they brought a guy in from Harvard to do an evaluation of Christina Johnson. He reported to the board orally, no written work product. Hence, Ohio State contends 
they don't have to show it to anybody because it's attorney-client privilege. Now, why do you think they had the guy come in and report to them orally? Don't take any notes. Don't issue any report. Don't save any of your recorded interviews because we don't want the nosy news media or talk show host to get wind of it on the back end. So they're telling you everything that I told you because it's just common sense, right? It's total common sense. Now, we like to end the week on an upbeat note. And I will tell you that if you uh, are a resident of Columbus, sorry for you 94.5 listeners over in Dayton and Western Ohio, you're going to have to make a trip over here to the capital city to benefit from the fact that we in central Ohio are the only market nationally to be treated to the delicacy that is Burger King's new Fries Your Way menu. Yes! I don't think I'd put Burger King French fries in my top mm, two or three French fries. I guess that's why we're the fast food capital of the world. We try everything here. So here we are. The only problem is these are not really French fries. Okay, like I was thinking, oh, we get French fries with bacon on them. We right. get French fries Jeez. with, you know, who knows. Ranch. No. no, here are the options. Okay. Fries your way. Classic chicken fries. Breaded crispy white meat chicken. Perfect for dipping in any of Burger King's delicious sauces. Yeah. I'm sure they are. The other option, churro fries. Thin strips of pastry dough, fried crispy, tossed in cinnamon sugar, and served warm. And the third option, mozzarella fries. Breaded, fry-shaped mozzarella sticks, fried crispy, and serve with two marinara dip cups. Mm. So they're not fries. Fries are <laughs> French fried potatoes. potatoes. Yes, right. the potatoes gets left off, but it's part of the whole deal is that if it's a French fry, it is a potato. Right. We get chicken They're ripping off White Castle pastry on those chicken fries. Yeah. Yeah. And mozzarella sticks. Uh-huh. This is just another way to have mozzarella sticks on your menu and not say you have mozzarella sticks on your menu. So <laughs> lucky us. We get all that. Also, uh, if you would like to have a memento of Eastland Mall, all the fixtures from Eastland Mall, including, <laughs> including a holiday decor and a variety of mannequin parts. I always wanted a mannequin arm, didn't you? Uh, are going on sale. There's an online auction for that. I miss the uh, rain artwork in the middle of the mall, but I'm sure it's long gone. I don't know. They got uh, a bunch of stuff online. I'll be happy to give you the website, including a closet where they say they found 300 pairs of shoes in a closet that was breached during SWAT team training at the mall. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Uh, I wonder if they're men's shoes or women's shoes. I guess I'll have to go online and check.